Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Saul was in the thick of the battle. He was leading the 200,000 men of Israel and the 10,000 men of Judah into battle against the Amalekites. Oh, they hated the Amalekites. And now they were winning the battle and they were wiping them out. Because that's what God said. I want you... Saul, to lead Israel into battle against the Amalekites, and I want you to wipe them out, because that fulfills a promise that I made all the way back to your forefather Moses. I want you to wipe them out completely. Put them under the ban, is the phrase. See, earlier, way earlier, when Israel was coming out of Egypt, Moses was leading them, and The Amalekites had attacked them from the rear. The Amalekites had been deceptive and devious and had no real reason to attack them, but did. You can find that in Exodus chapter 17. And back then God said, I will wipe the Amalekites out from the face of the earth for what they did. I will wipe them out completely. I promise you this. I will wipe you out, Amalekites. And now... Years later, under Saul, God said, It is time to make my prophecy, my commitment, my promise come true. Saul, I want you to go wipe out the Malachites. Now, the Malachites were south of Israel, between basically Israel and Egypt. They were sort of a nomadic tribe. It seems like Saul had led the army into battle, they'd come up to a city called Amalek and they hid it in the valley. And they probably sent spies in to talk to the Kenites who were part of the Amalekites. I don't know how they got mixed up in with them, but the Kenites or the Kenites were a tribe that were within the broader group of the Amalekites. And they they were sort of connected, but Saul sent 
a spy to the head of the Kenite tribe and said, Hey, get out of Dodge. Get out of town. See, Moses' wife, her father was a Kenite. And also the Kenites had somebody named Jael, who was a woman who had fought for Israel and had helped them out in one of their great moments of need in the book of Judges. And the Kenites had consistently shown love and concern for the people of Israel, but they were in this mix of Amalekites. And so Saul said, hey, Kenites, you better get out. You'd better leave. Because the Amalekites are about to be wiped out. So that night, the Kenites left. Maybe they said, hey, we got to go check something even further south. I don't know, but they made a ruse. They got out. And then Saul struck. And he led his army into battle, and they were wiping out the Amalekites. And God specifically said in the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 15, I want you to put them under the ban, which means wipe out everybody, everything every animal destroy it all and here is Saul doing what the Lord commanded and things are going great and then he comes to the king of the Amalekites King Agag himself and he raises his sword and he's about to kill him and then he thinks you know how Great an honor would be to me, Saul, if, if I dragged in Agag and showed him off as a prize of war. And then he looked over and he saw some really nice cattle. So some really nice oxen, fat and beautiful. Mm, that would make some great steaks. And, oh, look at the sheep, the wool they could get off of that. And... Oh, there was a nasty sheep next to him. They could kill that one. And then maybe they dug in a bag and found some beautiful jewelry. Saul thought to himself, well, well, God said to not keep any of it. But surely he must want me to keep some of this. This is good jewelry. This is worth thousands upon thousands. And to have King Agag... Maybe I could display him in front of the whole nation. and Everybody would be so proud of me. So he told his men, Hey, if it's a beautiful sheep, if it's a beautiful oxen, if it's cattle that will be useful for us, don't kill it. And King Agag, you are now my prisoner. So Saul took the prisoners home. And so Saul, he... He took King Agag home with him. And they did not follow what God had commanded them to do. In fact, Saul did the opposite. He kept the best and he killed what he thought was despicable and worthless and ugly. He wiped it out. But God said, I want it all wiped out. Well, God comes to Samuel. Later on that day, the next day, does God appear to him visually or in a dream? I don't know. But he comes to Samuel and says, listen, I regret that I make Saul king. And he's not followed my commandments. And he has not obeyed me. 
You know what Samuel's reaction was? He cried to the Lord all night. When he heard the news that Saul had been disobedient to the Lord, he cried to the Lord all night. Samuel loved Saul. I really think he did. And he knew Saul had his flaws, and he knew Saul had his problems, but ultimately Samuel loved Saul. This was the first king of Israel, and there was potential there. There was a chance that Saul could become a great king, but I think Samuel also saw the flaws. How he didn't obey God completely. How his heart was not totally after God. So the next day, Samuel rose early and he heads off to meet Saul. And he comes to meet him and and Saul comes running to him and says, Blessed be to you, the Lord. I perform the commandment of the Lord. Lie number one. God said, I want you to wipe everything out. Saul did not. But he says to Samuel, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. Everything is wonderful. And then Samuel hears it. Bah! 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 And Samuel shakes his head at Saul and says, What is this bleeding of the sheep I hear? What is that of the oxen that I hear? God said to put everything under the ban, to put everything under destruction. And Saul, you know what his response is? Well, uh, uh, good point, Samuel, good point. Um, um, but, but, but the people, the, the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen but, but, but because we, we, we want to sacrifice it to the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the people said that let's keep the best oxen so we can have multiple sacrifices to the Lord. The, 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 this will be great. And Samuel in response says, stop. Stop. Because he knew Saul was lying. God had come to him that night and said, Saul is not obeying my commandments. Stop. And then Samuel asks him, Why did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you keep King Agag? Why did you pounce on the spoil that was beautiful in your eyes? Why did you keep that and not obey God? Why did you do that? And Saul, you know what his response is? He says, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I, I went on the mission the Lord sent me, and, and I, brought, I brought Agag, the king, back. And, and then I devoted the rest of the Amalekites to the destruction. But the people, I told you, the people took the, 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 the sheep and, and the spoil and the jewelry and the oxen. And again, we, we brought it to, to sacrifice it to the Lord. He perpetuates the lie. He shifts blame. He rationalizes and all he had to do was simply obey. And then Samuel walks closer up to Saul. 
And he says, one of the most significant things that you will ever find in the Bible. He says, listen, Saul, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And, and to listen than the fat of rams for rebellion is the sin of divination. And presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. But he says to Saul, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. You keep talking about these people and how they wanted to keep the oxen and the sheep to sacrifice to Yahweh, to sacrifice to him, to honor the Lord. But guess what? Yahweh just wants obedience. And obedience is better than sacrifice, Saul. Obedience is far better. And Saul, I think he still doesn't get it. Because it's all about saving his own skin. And Saul says, oh, okay, Samuel, I, I, I have sinned. I, I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord. Yeah, I, 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 I've sinned. But the reason I sinned is because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Please, again, he's rationalizing it. He's the one who decided to do this. He's the one who thought it would be great to have King Agag in front of him. And he says, please return with me that I may bow before the Lord. I know I sinned. I know I failed, but it was the people's fault. But I know I failed. I know I failed. Please return with me that I may bow before the Lord. And Samuel goes, no, I will not return with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord. And now the Lord is going to reject you as king over Israel. And Samuel turns to go and Saul leaps at him. And probably grabs his long robe, probably the tassels at the bottom. And he says, please don't. And he pulls to stop Samuel walking away. Because if Samuel walks away, that means Saul can't come before the Lord anymore. And that means God has truly rejected him. And he can't handle that. So he grabs his robe and Saul pulls him. Please don't go, Samuel. And Samuel moves away and rip, rips his robe. Some people believe he ripped the tassels at the bottom. Saul was groveling at the feet of Samuel. That must have been a hard pull to rip cloth. And Samuel says to Saul, See that piece of my robe in your hand? As you tore that from my robe, so the kingdom is going to be torn from you. And it's going to be given to someone else who is better than you. Samuel begins to leave again. And Saul says, please, Samuel, we're still in fighting a war. We're still fighting the rest of the Malachites. We're still in battle. We haven't completely wiped them out. If, if you don't honor me before the people, they're not going to want to go into battle. Please return with me that at least I can look like I have the blessing of God so that the people will continue to fight. It says that Samuel agreed and came back after Saul and Saul bowed before the Lord. And when the men of Israel saw Saul bowing, they knew they still had the blessing of the Lord to fight and they kept on fighting. And at the end of the battle, they pushed the Amalekites far, far south. And they wiped them out. But probably not completely. 
Because later on, an Amalekite named Haman shows up in the book of Esther. And it's interesting how these two incidents are connected. And I did a whole thing on it in my podcast on Esther that I would encourage you to check out. But at this point, Samuel is showing a kindness to Saul by allowing him to come back and bow before the Lord one last time. Because at this point, because Saul chose his own desires over obedience to God, the kingdom will no longer be under Saul's leadership. And it's going to be torn from him and given to somebody who has a heart after God. Finally, Samuel says, bring Agag, the king here. Bring him. And Agag, it says, comes cheerfully. Because he thinks at this point, I'm just going to be a prisoner. I might lose both thumbs, but I can handle that. I might have to spend my days, you know, serving Saul here. But, but hey, I'm alive. This will be great. He thinks, you know, the, the time has passed. There'd be no use to kill him now. Yes, they wiped out most of the Amalekites. So why kill me? And he thinks he has gotten away with something. Now, the thing is. The king of the Malachites was a bad man. He had done horrible things. His ancestors had done horrible things to Israel coming out of Egypt, but they had continued to do horrible things. Samuel says his sword made women childless and had caused great destruction. King Agag was not a nice person. But King Agag, he thought, hey, I've gotten away with it. Woo! I'm going to live. And then Samuel pulls out a sword. And he says, Your sword has made women childless. So shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel, not Saul, but Samuel raises his sword and whack, whack, whack. Pretty brutal scene. It says that Samuel hacked Agag to pieces. Samuel obeyed the voice of the Lord. And Saul did not. Samuel, I think, drops the sword, looks at Saul one last time, and shakes his head. And he leaves. And it says that Samuel does not see Saul again until the day of his death. He doesn't see him again until Saul dies. And it says that Samuel weeps and grieves and cries because he's going to say goodbye to his friend and his friend broke his heart. And ultimately, his friend rejected Yahweh. He said, I'm going to pursue my own thoughts and my own desires more than what Yahweh wants. And at the end, this is a sad story. And at the end, the big point is this. It is better to obey than to sacrifice. Saul should have known that. Obey God. Do what he asks. He has a plan. He is wise and all-knowing and all-loving. Obey him. 
That is better than pretending to sacrifice. Because you know what that shows? It shows your heart is not with him. And God was looking for a king, a man after his own heart. And you know who that man is going to be? Well, if you come back next week, we'll find out. But the thing I want to leave you with this is remember, just obey. Just obey. Don't rationalize. Don't, don't try to find the easy way out. Don't try to think of ways to get around what God asks you to do or to do half of what he... No, obey. To obey is better than sacrifice. It cost Saul so much. I pray that we, that I, learn to choose to obey what God tells me in Scripture, what God tells me in His Word, because that's better than my rationalized thinking. That's better than any type of external sacrifice. If I have a heart that says, I am going to obey the commandments of the Lord as best I can every day of my life, that's a man. That's a woman who has a heart after God. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.